What's good, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Amatelica TIS podcast with your host, yours truly, Jai Shields, here on this super wildcard weekend of 2021-2022 as far as the National Football League is concerned. You got six games to preview and to talk about here on this show. Um, and of course, I will give you my uh, wildcard weekend picks against the spread as well as we got a very busy show here for you uh, here on this wildcard weekend from my Raiders or my Raiders, Lord Jesus, uh, from my Cincinnati Bengals taking on the Vegas Raiders on Sunday to the to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, taking on the Kansas City Chiefs to uh, to the Cardinals and Rams Monday night football playoff game, which I uh, which I loathe as you guys well know. Um, <clears throat> but um, we shall get into it as far as Wild Card Weekend is concerned. There's a couple things I want to get to. Uh, I want to get to uh, just later on. Later on down the line. Um, I will give you look for next week within a not too distant future. I saw the Kurt Warner uh, American Underdog movie on Friday. I will give you my two cents on that. I will give you my two cents on uh, David Cully getting fired and the epidemic that is the lack of black head coaches in the National Football League. I will give you my uh, I will uh, give you my two cents on that. Um, as well, uh, coming up in later programs down the road, I got tons. Sorry, with the microphone shake, I got tons to say when it comes to David Cully's firing and uh, the Kurt Warner movie. Which, uh, just to give you a little teaser here, I was not necessarily uh, in love with, and no, it wasn't because that they referenced God in the Bible uh, nineteen thousand times. But uh, anyway, that's neither here nor there. Game number one of Wild Card Weekend is the one that I care about the most and the one that I will uh, dissect and microanalyze till the cows come home. And that is the fact that the Las Vegas Raiders are in the Queen City to take on this, uh, take on my Cincinnati Bengals. Um, this is a game that, you know, I... It's it's a game where you got so many like the psychology of it from a Bengals fan perspective is very interesting. That for one thing, that knowing all the crap that Bengals fans have gone through, especially over the period of the you know, if you're a lifelong Bengals fan and go back to them back in the seventies, God bless you. But if you're a twenty first century Bengals fan that's been with them since the turn of their new century, it's it's been a wild roller coaster ride filled with heart heartache, pain, and disappointment. You know, I wasn't a Bengals fan then, and I was too young for Carson Palmer's injury and the Steelers in the '05 uh, playoff game. I was too young for that. I vividly remember uh, the Jet game, Kurt Warner missing. You know, uh, Kurt Warner. Because that, because I that movie, uh, I saw that movie prior to me recording this episode. So that mo- so that movie is fresh on, is you know, is fresh on the brain. Um, the Carson Palmer, um, you know, did not have a did not have a great game. Overthrew his receivers nine thousand times. Uh, receivers dropping passes. Shame Graham couldn't kick a damn field goal. Bad year in 2010, 2011, They make the playoffs. Rookie quarterback. 
with Andy Dalton and rookie wide receiver A.J. Green. Andy Dalton was abysmal throughout that entire game. Was absolutely horrendous moment. Way too big for him. Bengals get ambushed by J.J. Watt and T.J. Yates. Who, what, yeah, T.J. Yates. Ten years ago, they go back to Houston. Same time next year. Same team. Same building. Hell, even the game even was in the same time slot of 4.30 on a Saturday afternoon on the same freaking network that was NBC. And the Bengals go out there. A little more competitive this time. They lost the game by the final score of what? 19-13, uh, if I remember correctly. Um, and then, and then, they, then they finally win the division for the first time during the Andy Dalton era in 2013. It's like, all right, you know, maybe things are different. Home, first home playoff game under Andy Dalton in his career. First home playoff game since 2009. Now is our chance against, against Phillip Rivers and the San Diego Chargers. What happens? Turnovers all over the place. Fumble, Andy Dalton fumbles the football on a stupid head-first dive instead of trying to slide. Interceptions, mistakes all over the place. Dropped passes. Defense can't. Defense can't stop any. Can't defense can't. Although he didn't put up gaudy numbers of the game, couldn't stop Phillip Rivers. Couldn't stop the San Diego Charger offense. Bengals lose another playoff game in my life. That one destroyed me. The one, the one the year after destroyed me just, just, just because it was the fact that the Bengals, more than anything, were just overmatched right from the opening snap against uh, Andrew Luck and the Indianapolis Colts. Had no A.J. Green in that game because of a concussion injury. Uh, and the offense was just not the same without him. It was just, and the defense was taking a task um, by Andrew Luck and a young Colts team that ended up going to the AFC Championship that year and losing to the New England Patriots in that infamous uh, Deflategate game. And another thing, also, I, I did not realize about that 2013 Bengals, that 2013 Bengals team, and that playoff game against the Chargers, that the Bengals went undefeated at home that that year, eight and zero. Only loss they had at home that postseason was to Phil Rivers and the uh, San in the San Diego Superchargers, um, and then of course who can forget the meltdown 2015? Where you think AJ McCarron's going to be the savior? If there was this clutch touchdown pass to AJ Green with less than 90 seconds to go in regulation, you think the game is won? Vontez Rivrick intercepts the football home nine yards. Jeremy Hill fumbles, and then it's a complete landslide from there. 2016-2017, subpar mediocre seasons back-to-back. 2018, it gets 2018, it gets terrible. 2019, it gets even worse. 2020, injury to Burrow, and here we are in 2021. First playoff appearance since 2000, since that 2015 season. First home playoff game since that 2015 season against Pittsburgh. First division championship since 2015. First double, first 500 plus slash uh, 10 plus win season since 2015. Bengals trying to get their first playoff win since since uh, since 19. Since 1990, 31 years ago, trying to go to the Super Bowl, if the Lord allows it, for the first time since 1988. That was, what, 32, 33 years ago? And we're 40 years removed from the Bengals' first AFC championship and first Super Bowl appearance with the 81 team beating the Chargers in the Freezer Bowl in the 81 AFC championship game and losing to the San Francisco 49ers in Super Bowl 16. So you got all that. On top of the fact of what the Bengals did against Kansas City two weeks ago, 
Um, and then, of course, the Raiders. I thought they were left for dead. They were five and five after that Bengal loss. I said, "That's it. You know what? Season. You know they're not recovering. Season's over." Lo and behold, Thanksgiving they pull up the up. They pull off the upset against Dallas. Uh, lose again that they should have won against Washington the 5th of December. It's stupid decision to, to have a pregame meeting on a midfield logo that, down at Arrowhead. They get destroyed, and they essentially have been a different team since that wake-up call at Arrowhead. Gutsy victory over Cleveland 16-14 uh, in a game that Cleveland had to have to stay alive for the division. They beat Indianapolis on the road with, you know, when they were asleep at the wheel, beat Denver 17-13 in a in a gritty and a gritty gutty football game in between that, and then of course we all know what happened between them and the L.A. Chargers on Sunday night. The psychology of a Bengals fan it's 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 unfair, and it is unfair to Zach Taylor and that entire 2021 team that that were not that was not on those 2015 14 13 12 11 2009 playoff teams you know last time the Bengals were in the playoffs Joe Burrow was the age I am now and you know yours truly was in the eighth grade now a sophomore in college so a lot has changed since that 2015 team you know from the head coach to the quarterback wide receiver running back offensive line players on defense whole nine yards but um it's so you so you don't hold that against them, you don't hold it against this this particular 2021 Bengals team specifically, but you have it against the franchise historically as you being you know you're not a fan of the individual team that specific season like you don't go around saying I'm a fan of the 2021 Cincinnati Bengals. You're a fan of the 2021 Cincinnati Bengals because they're a part of the Cincinnati Bengals organization. You're not a fan of that particular team, of that particular group of men, that particular coach, and that particular season, and that particular moment in time. You're a fan of the team. The coaches come and go. The players come and go. The quarterbacks come and go. You're a fan of the team. And Zach Taylor has said it all week long that he you know, hasn't held it against you know the players on the team. He doesn't. He doesn't hold that weight. Burrow, Chase, none of the guys on the roster hold that weight to the fact that this franchise has not won a playoff game in over thirty years. They might not be carrying that weight on their shoulders, but the fan base that knows that and is aware of that carries it for them. Because let me tell you something. All week long, it has been. I got to be honest. I got to be transparent with y'all. It's been stressful. It's been anxiety filled. It's been walk. It's been on. It's been walking on pins and needles. It's been. It's been queasy stomach. It's been anxiety. It's like holy crap. You know we're finally back here again. If we don't win on Saturday, regardless how great of a season we'll, we we will have had, you know it's still going to be deemed as. Different quarterback, different head coach, different team. Bengals, for whatever the reason, still can't get over the top and get that, uh, and get that, and get that, uh, and get that, uh, that playoff victory that saluted them all these years later. And you know, hopefully that changes. Hopefully, you know, hopefully the 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 team doesn't carry that weight on their shoulders. But hopefully they, you know, they've listened to local sports talk radio. They've paid attention a little bit on Twitter to not necessarily what the critics are saying, but like the fans and how the fans have reacted. And they've kind of 
for what they can pick up on on the vibe of the city and kind of realize themselves like, hey, guys, we may not personally have anything to do with the fact that this franchise essentially hasn't won a playoff game before the large majority of this roster was born. But it matters to the to our fans. Our fans, we might not carry that weight, but our fans carry that weight. Our fans don't like it when they have arguments and they have debates. Was like, well, when you guys win a playoff game, you know, in this century, in this decade, when you guys finally win a playoff game, let alone go to, let alone win a Super Bowl, then come to. I have a, a decent feeling that Taylor has is, is, is told his guys or somebody within that locker room, CJ Uzama, you know, who's who's the you know who's the campaign leader of the whole "Why Not Us" motif and the standard is winning the is winning the division. The standard is going to the Super Bowl. Maybe, maybe, and I would hope, and I got a little intuition feeling that that maybe one of those guys, if not Zach Taylor himself, has said, "Guys, pay attention." We. If we go, uh, we understand we want our goals to go to the Super Bowl and and uh, and shock the world. But if we just go out there and just give our best effort and win tomorrow, that alone will go a long way with our with our fan base because they deserve it. They're great fans and they suffered long before any one of us, anybody on the fifty three and all the coaching staff. The only one that's really that really has a sense of of what's gone on the last couple of playoff years is is is, is Kevin Huber, the punter, who was on the 09 team, the the 2011 team, the 2011 through 2015 teams, and has a, and has endured the garbage years of 20 of 2010, 2016, 17, 18, 19, and last year in 2020. Outside of, and maybe and maybe he's like the the unsung unspoken leader that you know that none of us know about that that might give that guys that fire and brimstone speech for the game. We don't know, but you know you want as a Bengals fan you want them to go out there, give it their best, play their best game, play their perfect game, and get the job done. Me as a Bengals fan, me personally, hey, if they win a game in a classic, so be it. For the sake of my blood pressure, for the sake of my stress levels, for the sake of my health, I want I want the Bengals to win this game in a blowout. Not even make it competitive. Win it, dominate Buffalo, Buffalo, dominate Vegas right from the opening snap. Don't make 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 it the the, the way the way you played uh, the, the Ravens in the two games against them this season, the way you played against the Lions, the way you played against Pittsburgh twice. Make this game be a bore and be decided by halftime. From a Bengals fan that's endured plenty of playoff heartbreak throughout the years, end, end this sucker by halftime. Now, if they, now, same breath, next sentence, if this game goes down to the wire and it's close and it's competitive, which I which I anticipate it will be, I got all the confidence in the world, in the world, that Joey B and the boys will not let the moment get too big for them. They won't, they won't come out of the gate tight. They'll be loose. They'll be ran to go. And, when, and, if, and if the opportunity presents itself, that Joe Burrow's going to make the place necessary for the Bengals to go out there and win this football game. I got full-fudge confidence in him doing so. Zach Taylor... I'm gonna need the. On the other hand, again, unless it's a blowout, I'm 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 very 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 nervous, nervous, nervous as hell 
about Zach. It's his first playoff game, first really big game that he's coached in since he was the quarterback coach with the Rams in Super Bowl 53. That was what, what three years ago now? And, and a, obviously a head coach of a football team weighs a lot more in comparison than being, you know, Jared Goff's quarterback coach. But, you know, he, he's got to be ready. And, and I'm very nervous and I'm very apprehensive whether or not to trust them when it comes to, you know, in-game, in late-game decision-making, when to call a timeout, when not to call a timeout, how to manipulate the clock, how to, you know, play calling. You know, if you're sitting on a lead, what to do, third and three, do you decide to pass to get the first down and put the game away, or do you run it and hope you get the first down and run the clock out? If you pass it, don't take a sack and, and don't risk turning the football over or, or stopping the clock on incomplete pass, when to call a timeout, when not to call a timeout, when to go for it, when not to go for it, when to punt the football and pin the opposition back deep in their own territory, when not to do so, when to be aggressive, when to hold back. I'm nervous about that. And Zach Taylor's going to have to call a game the way he did against uh, the way he did against uh Kansas City two weeks ago in order for us to win this game, and even in the Kansas City game, I was a little, I was, uh, I was a little nervous because of the because of the fact that I got that Zach Taylor scared me a little bit when he was hell bent on going on going for it on fourth down and 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 going for it on fourth down trying to put the ball in the end zone. You know, with the clock tick, 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 instead of instead of just biting the bullet, swallowing your pride and kicking the field goal when the opportunity presented itself. But I think the Bengals have what it takes. You know, I wrote them off after the San Francisco game, and even the San Francisco game, they showed great guts and great moxie. At least the players that Zach Taylor was absolutely abysmal in that game. But Joe Burrow and and the players. You know, they great moxie, great mental toughness to dig from that deficit to tie that game up to send it into overtime. They second half against Kansas City, they were phenomenal. Defense held the Chiefs to to, to a mere three points in the game, kept them out of the end zone. Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill were were not a factor in the game. Didn't let Mahomes go nuts. Offense was tremendous. Jamar Chase was tremendous. You know, I, I got confidence in them. I got, I got confidence in them, and you know, it's two things happen. You know, if the game, as the game flows along, is it if it's a game where you're going to have to give the ball to Joe Mixon and Mixon was tremendous in the first meeting, uh, was tremendous in the first meeting in mid-November where uh, when the Bengals beat them 32-13 coming out of their bye week, uh, the Sunday before Thanksgiving, Mixon got the on 30 carries, ran for a buck 23 and two tutties. You know, if that's if that's a type of football game and Joe Burrow has to throw the ball, you know, twenty five or less times and only throw one touchdown pass and and you know, Tyler Boyd and Jamar Chase don't don't put up gaudy numbers and that's the football game and that's the recipe for us to win the football game. As long as we don't turn over the football, which I noticed out of the highlight videos that I saw of the oh nine and eleven through fifteen wildcard playoff games, that was a constant trend in the game. The constant trend in every single game that I saw of those highs that I saw throughout this week is the fact that the Bengals could not take care of the football in those games. And it's and it's also been a constant with this Bengal team all season long where where if you either one or two things, you don't turn over the football altogether 
or when you do do it, it's at a minimum and it's early enough in the game to allow you to allow uh, to allow themselves an opportunity for them to overcome those mistakes. For instance, opening drive, Joe Burrow strip sack, fumbles the football, opening possession. Raiders get the ball back in in in, in wonderful territory. All they get out of it is three points. Cincinnati was able to overcome it. Next thing you know, it's 32-13. That kind of thing. So don't turn over the football. And if you do, do it. And if you do, you know, and not, not they can control it. But from a Bengals fan, if they do turn over the if they do turn over the football, knock on wood, you hope that it's early enough in the game and not and not a momentum crusher to the point where they can just shake it off onto the next one, erase it from the memory, learn from it, take it for what it is, and, and just go play championship football the rest of the way. But if the but the thing about the Bengals offense, especially which gives me a lot of confidence, is that they know how to beat you both ways. They know how to beat you running it with Mixon, and they know how to, how to beat you stretching the field with their receivers with Chase, Higgins, Tyler Boyd, with Joe Burrow, the man behind the controls. Defense, I'm confident in them stopping the run. Josh Jacobs only got and he had a monster game against uh, Los Angeles, which we touched on last in the last couple of episodes ago. Nine carries, 37 yards on the ground. Nine carries, 37 yards on the ground. So I'm confident the Bengals will be able to stop the run. And when it comes to the passing game with the with the Raiders, you got to be able to rattle Derek Carr early, rattle him and force him to make the to make the early mistakes and essentially. Take the Raiders out of the game. Let the game come to you and take the Raiders out of the game from a defensive standpoint. And then from a Bengals offensive line, you got to be able to stop Crosby. You got to be able to stop Nassib. They did a great job of essentially keeping those two away from Burrow the majority of the game back in November. Got to do it, do it again. Because of Crosby screaming and running, running around the field all over the place, making life a living hell for Joseph, it's going to be a long afternoon. For me... For them and Bengals fans everywhere. Going to be a long afternoon. Don't anticipate them doing that. But it's something from a Bengals perspective. You got to keep an eye out for. And I hope Lou Anarumo and the Bengals defensive coaching staff. And Zach Taylor took note of it. When they stayed up till two till 1 o'clock in the morning. Watching a game on Sunday night. And I hope they've, they addressed it all week long. Throughout, pra- throughout practice. And, and, uh, and game prep. And film and everything else. Don't let Max Crosby wreck this game and take over this game. And more importantly, stay patient and let the game come to you. Now, a couple, there's a few things that fall in the Raiders' favor: the fact that Derek Carr historically does not play well in road games, does not excuse me, does not play well in games, does not play well in cold games where I believe the game time temperature. We just looked this up right quick. That the game time temperature in Cincinnati is supposed to be in the 20s with the threat of snow. And you've heard, you know, and Zach Taylor said tongue in cheek, you know, it's not a disadvantage the fact that the team practices outside and uh, doesn't have an and doesn't have an indoor uh, and doesn't have an indoor practice facility. V- the Raiders play out in Vegas where it's warm, where it's hot, and they do have an indoor practice facility and they play indoors. Game time temperature. Um, for this game is is at uh, 32 degrees, and with every 
passing hour when it gets dark outside, low of 25 in Cincinnati on Saturday, it's going to get colder and colder. Now watch their car go out there and throw for 400. So that's, the, that's the thing that, that kind of that makes me nervous. When you're a Bengals fan, you kind of have this approach where it's like, where every trend and every stat going into the game, you see it's like, oh, well, this suits the Bengals pretty well. Knowing our history, it's the stat that breaks the Campbell's back and all of a sudden Derek Carr plays out of his mind in freezing temperatures and, uh, and you know, and everything that you ex- expect goes to crap ends up going to crap. But, you know, it could be a very interesting football game. Could be very interesting. 4.30 Saturday afternoon, can't get here soon enough. I mean, my goodness gracious. Your boy, pray for your boy. Going to be on pins and needles come 4.30 in the East. The nightcap of the Saturday uh, festivities between the New England Patriots and the Buffalo Bills. New England Patriots, that game's going to be, you want to talk about bad weather. Now, that is going to be a football game that's going to be played in single digits. Um, that's going to be playing single digit. And you heard the argument that, you know, that the NFL gave, which I also find a little bit concerning from a Bengals perspective because the Raiders love to play that, that Raiders versus the NFL, that Raiders versus the world mentality, uh, which is ironic because I ended up finally getting around to seeing that Al Davis versus NFL 30 for 30 last week. But uh, and, and it's been built into the Raider organization since the jump about how the Raiders had a Sunday night game that ended late. They played essentially five quarters of football that, you know, that was emotional football, took a lot of out of took a lot of the charges, too, but took a lot out of the Raiders, an emotional victory, a long, tedious mentally and physically draining football game, and then they got to turn around six days later, get on a plane, fly to Cincinnati, and play in the bitter cold as the first game of Wild Card Weekend, no less. I heard debates and heard arguments that the game should have been played on Sunday. I can't argue with that. And if you want to say the Raiders got a raw deal, Raiders got a raw deal. But again, things like that, you know, watch the Raiders go out there and just, you know, who have, who, yeah, who you know, have a bunch, who have, "Quote unquote good karma about them right now. Good fairy tale Cinderella season. Nobody expecting to be here. The issues with Gruden back in October. Uh, the gutty Cowboy victory on Thanksgiving. Henry Ruggs being an idiot, speeding 156 miles an hour over the you know five ten times over the legal limit, intoxicated with alcohol. Everything that that stuff like that makes me a little nervous. But for the love of God, Cincinnati, go out there and kick the Raiders' ass on Sunday." Make, make this game a blowout for Cincinnati by halftime. Please, be greatly appreciated from Bengals fans everywhere. But getting back to the Bills game, you know, then you want to talk about a, a cold game. A, the, a, it's snowing as of the month that I'm recording this episode and won't stop until the, uh, we, until the early morning hours of Saturday. High of 28 at Orchard Park, low of 4 degrees. Game time temperature for Buffalo at 8 degrees p.m. that night, suspected to be in the single digits. So, yeah, if you enjoyed the mess that you saw in early December, be prepared to see it again. Because, you know, you're not going to see Bill ba- and this And I think in this sort of situation, it's going to be a disadvantage to the Patriots considering the fact that Buffalo, this is, this is going to be Buffalo's third time seeing the Patriots within within a month and a half weeks time. They saw them in early December. They saw them in week 16, and now they're seeing them again two, three, two, three weeks later. So the advantage, and I understand Buffalo, you know, 
It's hard to beat a team twice within a three-week period. But, you know, Buffalo, I, I think it's going to be the game where, where Josh Allen goes off despite the weather. Because I don't think this is going to be a game where, where Belichick's going to be like, all right, guys, go out there. Go out, all right, Mac Jones, go out there and win this game for him. The, the formula that he has concocted offensively, him and Josh McDaniels, is the formula of, you know, let's, we're not going to let Mac Jones lose this football game for us. And I think, you know, Sunday, or excuse me, Saturday night could be one of those games where, where it, 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 where it legitimately could come back to bite, to bite uh, New England. You know, Bills tell Josh Allen, let it rip. And the Patriots play play on the cautious, more conservative offensive play calling side, trying not to let Mac Jones uh, beat themselves, and trying not to let the Patriots and have the Patriots essentially play uh, cautious football. Playoff time, you know, you've seen it with many of the quote unquote game managers of the sport. Not a recipe for for playoff success, long term, anyways. Now, maybe in due time, Belichick will let them blossom. But for now, I like Buffalo's chances in this game. I like the fact that Josh Allen and the Bills have something to prove. I like the fact that I like the fact that uh, that the, that they're going to have full capacity, rock and crowd in Buffalo, which they did not have in the two playoff games. Uh, their two playoff games up at Orchard Park last year against the Colts uh, in the wild card round, and then the Ravens the week after that. So I think I and I think you know the moment the the the, the and not to mention the Patriots coming in injured, hobbling into this game, especially on the defensive side of the football. Matthew Judon has been nowhere to be found. Uh, uh, the 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 lone equalizer in this game and the sole advantage that 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 the Patriots have in this game, me personally, is the fact that Bill Belichick's their head coach. Bill Belichick's their head coach, but I think that the game will just be so. Redonkulous that Bill Belichick being on the sideline for Buff for New England won't matter because because Josh Allen has the ball in his hands, and I have a weird suspicion that he might put on a performance for the ages. A New England upset wouldn't shock me because Buffalo struggles at at stopping the run, and they sure kept the pathetic New York Jets in that, in that game back in week uh, 18 a lot longer than they should have. So a New England upset wouldn't surprise me, and I wouldn't put it past the Patriots to pull off the road upset. I'm just saying I just don't think it's likely. That's game number two. Game number three, because I want to do all three of the Sunday games in one segment, I will fast forward to Monday night between the Cardinals and the Rams. You know, from a Cardinals perspective for this game, you know, it's Kingsbury and uh, – is Kingsbury and uh, and um, Kyler Murray's first uh, first playoff game first playoff game of uh, their respective NFL careers? You worry if the moment might be too big for them as well. Kingsbury, I do not trust in a big spot. Got at, he and his team got absolutely destroyed again. Made the Russell Wilson Seattle Seahawks, which points coming out of premium for them all season long, make them look like world beaters last week. Uh, which I, which I found alarming. Their defense has, has definitely fallen off uh, as of late, outside of the Cowboy game, of course. Uh, back in week uh, what week uh, seventeen, and it's just your worry that that the moment get too big. Cliff Kingsbury, we all know he has issues with clock management and uh, managing his timeouts and how to manage an offensive drive when you're down ten with 
with about two minutes and change left in the game. We all know he's had issues with that before, with the Monday night matchup against the Rams back in December being the most recent, uh, being the most recent example of that. You know, you you, you wonder, you wonder if 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 you know if in a big game. Kingsbury will will push the right buttons and will be able to out coach and will be able to out coach Sean McVay. And then from the quarterback standpoint with Colin Murray, you know, get, get there's moments in a lot of these games, especially you've seen the last month or so with him and the Cardinals, where you know, and and granted they are a better road team this season than they are a home team, which does the Cardinals a tremendous uh, a tremendous service. But the thing you worry about Kyler Murray is that, is that there are too many times, you've seen it last month, you saw it, the, that Ram game that Monday night, you saw it in Detroit when, they, you know, when Detroit pulled off that upset in the middle of the month, where, you know, Ky, where Kyler Murray gets sloppy, he forces passes downfield, he has no business, that he has no business making, has the tendency to turn over the football when, you know, at, at ill-timed, at ill-timed the moments in the game. And, and you know, you wonder, you wonder if Murray will be able to make the plays. You know, let again let the game come to him, have the pulse and control of his team, not force the issue, not try to play hero ball and try to chuck the ball eighty yards down the field, trying to play you know, trying to play miracle ball, trying to force the ball to AJ Green, trying to force the ball to Christian Kirk, and over you know, and you know, overlook Zacherts, all that. Wonder if you just let the game come to them. And if Kingsbury doesn't coach his way out of a playoff win, you worry about that as well. The Cardinals have been struggling mightily this month. We'll see if they'll be able to get it together uh, heading into Monday night. And then from a Ram perspective, you know, again, we screamed and yelled about Stafford earlier in the week. Same thing. It's put up a shut-up time for Matthew Stafford. You know, you've lo- you've lost you lost the playoff game to the Saints on the road. You lost the playoff game to the you've lost the playoff game to the Cowboys on the road. You lost the playoff game to the Seahawks on the road. First home playoff game of your NFL career. You're 0 three in playoff games. 0 three on wild card weekend. Matthew Stafford, straight up, no excuses need to be made. No excuses. No none of that. Put up a shut up time. Got Cooper Cup, who's having an offensive season especially at the wide receiver position for the ages, that's setting and breaking all sorts of records known to man, not just within the Ram organization, but in all of the National Football League in its history. You know, Akers is back, no excuses. Playmakers on defense, everybody screams screams and about Aaron Donald, and I got something to say about him, by the way, before the segment's out. Aaron Donald sitting there, Super Bowl MVP, and uh, and Von Miller, and you got Ramsey, who's got a couple of playoff runs, playoff uh, games, playoff experience under his belt as well. Get the jam- get the damn job done. Going up against a division rival, get the job done. They came into your building and beat you earlier this year. Don't don't let it happen again for the second time in a season. Get the job done, Matthew Stafford. I want to hear about about a, about a, a foot injury, injuries. Offensive line was bad. Bullcrap. One ear out the other. Excuses serve no purpose. Go out there Monday night, ball your ass off, and win yourself your first playoff game. Okay? It's about time. It's about time. Enough of the excuses. Enough of that. Get the job done. Get the freaking job done. No, no, no. Again, no trying to play hero ball with you either. 
Don't force passes into double and triple coverages that have no chances of being not completed. Don't, you know, misfire, misthrow your receivers. Find your receivers when they're open. Hit them in the numbers. When Odell go on a go route is uh, is is dog walking the cornerback covering them down the sideline. Hit him in stride. All right, and enough. Matthew Stafford, go out there, play your game, limit the mistakes. Again, don't try to play hero ball and try to get huge chunk plays and try to blow up the stat sheet and blow up the internet on you know making the you know on on these all or nothing plays. Let the game come to you. Stay patient. Limit the mistakes. Don't turn over the football. Defense goes out there and doesn't vomit on themselves like they did against the 49ers in the second half. You guys should be in good shape. Nothing about Aaron Donald before we close out this segment. He quietly has put up a shut up time for him, too. You know, all I hear about Aaron Donald, this, Aaron Donald, that, all pro, pro bowl, all this sort of stuff, that's fine and dandy. You know, one thing you got to say about Aaron Donald is that, you know, for a guy that's talked about and hyped up, up to be. You know the the modern uh, up to be the modern day. You know Lawrence Taylor. There's a lot of playoff games I, I I've seen him play playing, where you don't even notice nor recognize him being on the field. And I want to talk about well he does the stuff that gets on the, that doesn't get put on the stat sheet because he opens up the door for his teammates to make plays. Nonsense. I don't hear about the double the double team excuses either. Nonsense. You're you're so great. All pro this, all pro that, pro bowler, extraordinaire out of pit, future Hall of Famer, so to speak. You know, he gets gets talked about and raved about as if he's the second coming of, of Lawrence Taylor or Deacon Jones. Go out there and take over the football game. You know, Kyler Murray's running all over the field like a chicken with his head cut off. Can't find an open receiver downfield. You make sure you are on his ass like like white on rice. Like flies on dog donkey, or on dog donkey, flies on dog dung. You enforce your will in this game, and you take over it. Cause uh, the Rams also ain't winning if if Aaron Donald doesn't doesn't go into overdrive mode and take over this football game. Rams ain't Rams ain't winning either. And I've seen way too many playoff games where you hear Aaron Donald this, Aaron Donald that, Aaron Donald that, and he doesn't do a damn thing. Time for him to show up too. Part one of the Wild Card Weekend preview in the books. On to Sunday's festivities coming up. This is the Amatelica TIS Podcast. Welcome back to the I'm Tell Like Your T.I. Is podcast. Switching gears now to the Sunday action, the uh, Sunday triple header that we have in our hands. Two NFC games, one AFC game being the nightcap between the Steelers and the Chiefs. We will start with the Philadelphia Eagles taking on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Philadelphia Eagles coming in this game, coming into this game as the as the uh, what what seed are they? They are the I believe they're the five seed. Uh, are they the five seed? I should know that. Let me just 
uh, double check just via the bracket. But Philadelphia's coming in, taking on the division champion first time since 2007. That has a uh, has occurred, by the way. Uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, uh, and believe it or not, this is only Tom Brady's. This is Tom Brady's first, or not first. This is Tom Brady's second. Um, home playoff game as a Tampa Bay Buccaneer, of course, with the first one being the only one last year of him playing in the Super Bowl in his home stadium. But, um, well, let me see, NFC. The Eagles are the seven seed. Buccaneers are the two seed. Buccaneers are the two seed. So if they take care of business on Sunday and beat the Eagles, they get an extra home play. They get a uh, They get an extra home game. And unless the Green Bay Packers... Uh, get upset, uh, you know, get upset in the divisional round. They would have the, they would be next in line to have home field advantage for, throughout the NFC playoffs, and would get if they made it that far. And if the Packers get eliminated in the divisional round by whoever that may be, uh, they would have uh, they would get the NFC Championship game in their stadium. The forecast for Sunday's game rumored out to be showers and really. Messy, wet, rainy, uh, Tampa, Florida weather, which, um, which you know, could, which could, which could hurt um, the Eagles from a standpoint if they're in a situation where Hurts has to throw the ball a lot. You know, this is a run-first football team. This is one of the best uh, rushing attacks in the NFL uh, this season in 2021. Um, Grant, they have not, they did not beat a team with a 500 plus record all season long. Being fair to them, but you know, not and, and you know, in a in a perfect world, if we had, if we still were going by the six seeded system, of course, the Philadelphia Eagles would be a nice little story with nine wins, but would fall, uh, but would fall short of the playoffs, but. You know, it is what it is. You know, they're going into this game essentially with the same mindset as the Steelers to a certain degree. They're in-state, uh, their in-state rival. As you know, looked at as a team going up against going up against the defending Super Bowl champions, or going up against the greatest quarterback in all time in Tom Brady. Nobody gives them a chance. You know, no one expects much out of them. Jalen Hurts, nobody expects Nobody expects much out of Nick Sirianni, you know, first-year first NFL head coach, first year with the Eagles, first playoff game he's, he's you know, he's going to coach in on Sunday. Nobody expects anything from the Eagles. Then our Super Bowl, Eagles fans themselves think they're going to go to the Super Bowl. Most, you know, nine out of every ten Eagles fans you ask, they've been like, you know, it's a nice story, good, we're in the playoffs, good for team experience, good for the team morale down the, you know, heading in down the road in the future. But, you know, we all know this team you – know, in the long run, is not going to the Super Bowl. They, you know, they can play that, you know, the quote unquote underdog role to the Cows come home like they did in their 2017 Super Bowl season. Now, granted, 2017 season, of course, was was light, it was is a, is a million times better than this 2021 team. But um, you know, if they can play that role to the Cows come home, you know, the Eagles fans can, you know. Saturday, Saturday, you know, Saturday afternoon, Saturday night before they go to bed, they can watch highlights Super Bowl fifty two to the cows come home. Nobody expected Nick Foles to do it. They can you know, they can they can and the Eagles fans showing up to the game, they can wear their freaking Nick Foles jerseys for all I care and for all it and for all that matters. You know? No no one expects them to go far in the postseason. Nobody expects them to beat the GOAT. Nobody expects them to beat the 
the one of the uh, NFC favorites, uh, one of the NFC favorites in this postseason tournament. They're eight and a half point underdogs. Go out there, Philadelphia. Go out there and just play your game. You win the game, great. You lose. Nobody expects you here anyway, and you're playing a super, and you're playing Brady and the Super Bowl favorite and the defending Super Bowl champion, thirteen and four division champion Bucks. So go out there, give it your best best effort, and and whatever happens happens. And then from a you know, and and from an Eagles standpoint, you know, you make Brady play from a deficit early. They played him fairly decently decently when they play. You know, now eventually the Bucks it got to a point where the Bucks you know kind of controlled the game, controlled the clock. And uh, you know Leonard Fournette went crazy, and they and they and they beat the Eagles on that Thursday night earlier in the season. But you know from a Tampa Bay per, from a Tampa Bay perspective, you know don't don't let it get in the Eagles' head early that they have a chance. You you punch them in the proverbial face right from the opening snap. You essentially you crush their morale and whatever hope they have. Whatever hope, whatever morale they have going in, you know, and and what little confidence they have, you 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 squash it. You don't waste any time. You squash it. You say, hey, it's playoff time. It's big boy time. You know, you guys, you guys maybe have gotten here, gotten here by happenstance, but hey, we we are we, you know, we're here, we're here to compete for a championship. We're not here because you know a nice little feel good, cute story. We come down to Tampa in a nice warm weather to escape cold Philadelphia, uh, and you know, and we plan and we plan plan an extra game for 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 quote unquote funsies, as my sister likes to say all the time. We mean business, and you know. I wouldn't be shocked if Philadelphia pulls off the upset. I really, really wouldn't because, again, they can play that underdog angle. No one expects us out of us, blah, 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 to the cows come home. But then again, it is it is uh, Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and they're going to give the Eagles their best effort in the game. And then, of course, from a San Francisco 49er perspective, in their game going against the Dallas Cowboys, this is this game along this game, really every game outside of Pittsburgh, Kansas City, and Philadelphia, Tampa, I could see the road team pulling off, uh, pulling off the upset. New England, Vegas, uh, New England, Vegas, San Francisco. I think San Francisco is is the most likely of a team to pull off the most likely road team to pull off the upset coming into this game. Of course, with the uh, with the six seed in the in the NFC going up against the three seed NFC East champion Dallas Cowboys, um, and you know Dak Prescott too also put up put up a shut up time for him to you know go out there play well and and if you beat the 49ers on Sunday. Don't fold up like a cheap suit against the Bucks, against the Bucks or uh, Green Bay if you have to play them on the road. Don't, 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 please. Because the thing, because the things you kind of hold hold over Dak Prescott said is that he does not play well at all whatsoever in road playoff games historically. Go, 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 go! Look at the numbers. He doesn't, and you know he, he plays a great game against San Francisco. Great. Go out, go out, and go out there next week against Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay, or uh, or against the Bucks down in Tampa, and beat and beat Brady and beat Rodgers on the road. Then you show me something. 
But I, you know, Cow the Cowboy, that, that win against the Eagles when they scored 50 points and Dak put up five touchdowns against, uh, you know, against practice squad backup guys. Like I told you guys earlier in the week, i say it again, one ear out the other. I can't pay no attention to that. What I care about is how I do against this 49er defense that has been flying all over the place, that has been absolute, that has been very, very good over the last month or so. Uh, to close out the regular season, and can they find a way to stop? Can they find a way to stop Brandon Ayuk? Can they find a way to stop George Kittle? Not let him go nuts and take over the game, and more importantly, can they not let Debo Samuel take over the football game? Not just in the receiving game, but rushing, but rushing attacks too, on the end of rounds, the sweeps, all that, because it's going to be coming from every which way, and got to be prepared to stop that. And, and, you know, I, the defense has to force Jimmy Garoppolo to turn over the football and make mistakes because when the Cowboys, you know, who lead the, who lead the league in takeaways, one of the best teams in the, in the league in takeaways, their defense has, has completely, imp, completely improved over the last year. Give uh, Dan Quinn all the credit in the world for doing so. Uh, he just did a phenomenal job defensive coordinator. You know, you force Jimmy Garoppolo, you force 49ers make, to make some mistakes and turn over the football and force some takeaways, you, you know, and give Dak Prescott, give the Cowboys short field, good things going to happen. But the thing also that, skip, that, you, that you're nervous about the Cowboys yet too, as much as they can create the big play by forcing a turnover, they also give up the big play. And the 49ers with the explosive weapons they have on offense, Ayuk, Samuel, and uh, of course, George Kittle. They 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 can put up. They can score touchdowns via the big play, with uh, with some of the best teams in the National Football League that's competing in the playoffs this January. They they are what they are one of the best in the league at that, at at scoring at scoring and getting chunk plays out of the big plays, and that's something that the Cowboy defense Trayvon Diggs, you know who. At the same time, one of the best as far as you know, getting turnovers and, and and interceptions is concerned, gives up a plethora of big plays downfield, a lot of them for touchdowns. Can't gotta limit that, gotta limit that if you want to beat San Francisco. Got to. And when you have the lead, you can't squander it. You know, we saw we saw the the moxie that they had against against the Rams back back on Sunday, 17-point lead, went right down the toilet, and Jimmy Garoppolo put together a heroic 88-yard drive to tie the game up. You know, can't allow that. If Dallas is in a situation where they're up 17-0, got to put the stake through them and finish them. And that means, you know, don't try to play hero ball and make Dak Prescott out to be, you know, Roger Staubach and have him, you know, pad his little stats and make it a little, you know, nice him throwing for over 400 yards and five touchdown passes. That means work the clock. Don't play. Don't be stupid about it. And and give Ezekiel Elliott the ball who you're paying all this money for to be to be your running back. Don't don't let when especially when you're playing from from ahead, playing with the lead. Don't let that Prescott have the ball in his hands, throwing the ball 35, 45, 50 times a game, because you're gonna lose. You're gonna lose. In game number three, the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Kansas City Chiefs. You know, this is the type of football game that, and I send it on Spencer Catalatino, Catalatano's uh, uh, podcast that uh, I retweeted and that he uploaded on Friday. I said it to him, who's a Steelers fan, I say it now. 
You know, the Steers can go into this game, and you heard Ben Roethlisberger say it all throughout the week. You know, no one expects much of us. Let's just go out there, have fun, have at it. No one expects much of us. No one's giving us a chance. Nobody expects us to pull off the impossible and beat them, pull off the upset. That's, to be quite honest with you, that's the kind of mindset that the Pittsburgh Steelers have to have in this game. Have a mindset that nobody expects them to do anything. A, nobody expected them to be here. B, A, no one expected them to be here. B, the, the team who they're playing, you know, everyone, everyone and their mother expects them to get, the, to get the doors blown off of them. And C, you know, it's, it's you know, Ben Roethlisberger's little swan song, you know, nice, you know, nice little cute little story. You know, he gets to play in the playoffs one more time before he hangs it up. But, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs world and we're just, and we're just living in it. You know, Kansas City's got, got, got Mahomes, Kelsey, Hill, no Clyde Edwards or for this game, but they got Mahomes, Kelsey, Hill, Andy Reid, you know, the players that they have on defense, you know, open season on the Pittsburgh Steelers who got smacked in the mouth by, uh, by Kansas City of a few weeks ago. That, you know, Pittsburgh, you know, Pittsburgh doesn't stand a chance. And, you know, one of the things that, that and, and, Kansas City and Kansas City has not covered all season long. They're one of the worst teams from a gambling perspective of teams that don't cover. Their favorite minus, their favorite minus 12 and a half. You know, what Kansas City, in my opinion, is going to win this game by like 10 points or fewer, in my, in my honest, humble opinion, because of a couple things. One, and, I, and this has not been discussed, and this has been glossed over and looked over by, by the fans. By, by the, by, it's been glossed over and looked over by the fans and by the media as a whole, at least from what I've seen all week long, is that, you know, Kansas City, Kansas City and the Chiefs, they got to play wild card weekend. No, during during this run, this 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 run this this you know if you want to call it a run, this run that that they have been on on you know during the Patrick Mahomes Andy Reid era, so to speak, quote unquote, is that you know they they haven't they haven't had to play wild card weekend. They've had the advantage of having wild card weekend off and having that bye week. In between week 17, you know, formerly the last weekend of the regular season, and divisional, and that divisional home game, they've had that advantage, and a lot of times they've also had the advantage of taking that week 17 off because they've because they ended up getting the division AFC best record and number one seed locked up before the, before the final weekend of the regular season. So they so they've even had the advantage of not even having to play. That week seventeen weekend. Now they did, of course, this you know this season because the season was ex- was extended an extra game. But you get the idea. They get they have to play wild card weekend, and from a team that has played sixteen regular season games in twenty eighteen plus two playoff games as eighteen games, making it to the AFC Championship. So that's eight. So you do the math. That's eighteen games in twenty eighteen. Plus, plus the 16 games in 2019, plus the divisional round, which is 17, championship, which is 18, Super Bowl, which is 20. So 18 plus 20, plus 2020 season, 16 games, 
and the three playoff games, divisional against Cleveland, championship against Buffalo, and then having to go to Tampa to play the Bucks in, an, in a de facto road game. So that's what? That's eight. That's eighteen. That's eighteen plus. Uh, that's eighteen with uh, with the two, with the two playoff games. Plus uh, that's eighteen games. Sixteen plus the two playoff games. That's eighteen plus the sixteen games in twenty nineteen. Plus three playoff games. So that's so that's sixteen. Plus three, that's nineteen. So eighteen plus nineteen, plus having to play nineteen games last year. So you do eighteen plus nineteen plus nineteen. That's fifty-six games in the last three seasons. That's fifty-six games plus all seventeen that the starters win out and played this year not including the playoffs and just for them to get back to the Super Bowl they have to play one two three four games if they for the second conversation they make it back to Super Bowl plus four that's 77 playoff games since 2018 when they made it to the AFC championship game and lost in overtime by the way to the Patriots 77 games over the span of four seasons. And that's just to make it back, excuse me, to the Super Bowl. It's 76 just to make it back to a fourth straight AFC championship game that most likely, unless Kansas, unless Tennessee gets knocked out in the divisional round, is going to have to be played on the road. They're going to be tired. They're going to be tired. Playing all those football games year in and year out. 18. 18 go to the AFC Championship game, go to overtime. 19, you win the Super Bowl, having to, having to pull off that fourth quarter comeback. 20, the, the mental toll it took with the COVID year. Then having to play essentially a road game in the Super Bowl. On top of having to play 17 games one bye week just in the regular season alone. And having to play three playoff games just to make it back to the Super Bowl. Two just to make it, I misspoke, two just to make it back to the AFC Championship game. Just to advance back to their fourth straight AFC Championship game. Three, just to make it back to the Super Bowl. Having already played 17 games this season, one bye week, and the 18 they played in, 20, in 2018, and the 19 they played in, 20, in 2019, the 18 they played in 18, and the 19 they played in 2019, and the 19 they played in 2020. That's a lot of games. A lot of games. Not to mention, no Clyde Edwards-Alaire in this game. And Travis Kelsey's no spring chicken. A lot of games. They're going to be tired. And eventually, I mean, hell, you saw it You saw it with the Buffalo Bills teams in the 90s. Of where, you know, 
having long season, long seasons, grueling training camp, sixteen game schedule, playing playoff, you know, playing twenty plus games a season, twenty, you know, playing, playing eighteen, nineteen, twenty plus games, and even back in, and and back in their day, they took preseason more seriously than the than the teams of twenty twenty do now. You know, playing twenty plus games every single season on a year in and year out basis. You, you, you're going to burn out eventually. Human nature, you just are. And I don't think enough people are talking about the fact that Kansas City, in order for them to get back to another Super Bowl, their third straight Super Bowl, they got to do it as a wild card team, which is not going to be easy. It's not. Uh, also factor in the fact that Kansas City, that Kansas City is playing Pittsburgh for the second time in three weeks. Hard to beat the hard to let alone hard out when it's outside of the division. Hard to beat the same team twice when you're playing them outside the division, like the Bengals have to do with Oakland and and the and and the and and the Bucks have to do with the Eagles and all and the you know thing you know like that. But imagine having to do it, beat the same team outside of your division twice in the same season with the rubber match with the with the second matchup being in the playoffs. But factor in the fact that it that it's happening at such a close time in the schedule. It was only two weeks ago. Two going two going on three weeks ago. It was that was week sixteen when those two teams played. Three games later, they're right back playing each other again. With this being the the third game, with the two games, of course, in between. And it's a lot easier, especially when you're the losing team that isn't heavily favored in this game. You know, Pittsburgh is 12.5-point underdogs in this game. When you're 12.5-point underdogs and when you got your teeth kicked in the first time you played against each other two, three weeks ago, two, three games ago, it's easier for Tomlin and the Pittsburgh coaching staff to sit up there in the meeting room, whether it be in person or on Zoom, and say, okay, hey, guys, we did this, 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 and this wrong. We're not complete 180 of that, and we're doing the exact opposite when we play them on Sunday night. Nobody expects much of us. Nobody wanted us to be here. Nobody expected us to be here. Nobody expects us to make a run. Because of because of this because of this reason this reason this reason this reason this reason, do a one eighty what we did the first time we play them, go out there have fun play our game and we'll see and we'll see what happens and we'll go from there. That's the uh, that's the philosophy the, the philosophy that the Steelers have and quite frankly that's the philosophy that they have to take. To be quite honest with you, but that. I also don't like also in Kansas City's favor. I don't. I don't. On top of the fact that Kansas City has not played well down the stretch. That and 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 the fact that they've had to play meaningful football meaningful late December football games where in comparison in previous seasons where they have the division and seeding all that sort of stuff already locked up. They went into the final weekend of the regular season having to still play for the one seed, which they didn't end up getting. But they, st- they had to play meaningful football last week in the regular season, which they weren't great. 
defense was, I mean, only the Dallas Cowboys and the Kansas City Chiefs are the two defenses that have made the Drew Locke slash Teddy Bridgewater-led Denver Broncos and their offense look look somewhat competent, uh, uh, you know, in the NFL this season. The Cowboy defense and the Chiefs defense, only two defenses in the NFL this season that have made that sluggish, boring, bland offense look somewhat respectable this year. And the Chiefs defense was horrendous for a team that's supposed to be contending for Super Bowl. They were horrendous against Denver last week. Horrendous. Drew Locke running around the field, running around all over the place. Horrendous. And if it wasn't for that fumble inside the red zone, maybe Kansas City would have lost that game. You just never know. You just never know. And then, of course, second half against the Bengals game where their offense fell flat. They, 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 they stalled, and all they could muster was three points. And their defense was just absolutely god-awful. Turned back into a pumpkin of the Chiefs' defense that we saw back in September and October where they couldn't stop a, da- where they couldn't stop a damn soul. So keep that in mind hanging in the Sunday's game as well. I, I expect this game to be a lot closer than people think. Chiefs aren't going to cover. You know, the, If this game comes down to a field goal or a touchdown – or at the most ten points, don't be surprised. I because I don't I, I I don't I don't expect it to be a blowout. I really really don't. I expect the Chiefs to win, but I, by in the same breath, the next sense, I expect Pittsburgh to put up a hell to put up excuse me a hell of a fight. I honestly really do. Take a break. I will pick these games against the spread to close out the show. The Amatel Akatiyas podcast. Welcome back to the Amatelica TIS podcast. Well, it is that time. Uh, you know, we do it throughout the entire NFL regular season. And now the postseason is here, less games to pick from. But you know uh, how we do it here on the Amatelica TIS podcast. Um, just a note that I wanted to give you guys. Um, by the way, and in case it matters, here's the record of all the AFC playoff teams against other AFC playoff teams. So here's the record against playoff teams from the seven teams that are in the postseason for the AFC. Titans are two and two, Chiefs are three and three, Bills two and three, Raiders one and three, Patriots two and one, Steelers two and four. Cincinnati Bengals undefeated at four and zero. Please, God, let it be our year. Please, God. Also, for the first time in the history of the National Football League, five wild card playoff games are regular season rematches. Vegas against the Bengals from Week 11. In New England, Buffalo rematch of you know both those teams you know each split they split the regular season series. So this is the rubber match. Winner of this game gets. Uh, bragging rights uh, for the uh, you know for all throughout the rest of the winter till next season. Um, Philly versus Tampa Bucks won by uh, six points, twenty eight twenty two in week six, um, which is also again why I wouldn't I wouldn't put it past the Eagles to uh, give them you know a twenty five to thirty percent chance of pulling off the upset. 
Pittsburgh versus Kansas City. Kansas City beat the hell out of them 36-10 back in Week 16. And Arizona and the uh, and the Rams, same thing applies for Buffalo and New England. A rubber match of the uh, of the two teams with them with uh, the road teams winning in both of the two matchups earlier this season. Uh, and the two divisional matchups that come out of Wild Card Weekend are New England versus Buffalo, Arizona. Uh, Arizona and the Rams are your two divisional matchups in Wild Card Weekend. The 49ers and Cowboys are the only game out of Wild Card Weekend which the two team and which the two uh, competing teams and now did not go up against each other in the regular season, which I which I found out to be an interesting uh, nugget of information. But it is. The first week of the 2021 NFL playoffs, it will be here and gone before you know it. So let's enjoy them. Wild card weekend in the National Football League in the league where they play for pay. Game number one of Wild Card Weekend. You know the story, you know the setup. My Bengals against the Vegas Raiders. Bengals favorite minus five and a half. I don't want to jinx them. Seems like every time I pick against the Bengals, they prove me wrong. You know what? I'm not picking this game. I'm not picking this game. You know, eh, screw it. My Bengals. First playoff game they've had, they've played in the history of this show. Why not take a chance? It's our time, gosh damn it. My Cincinnati Bengals will get the job done and win this game by the final score of 31-14. New England Patriots taking on the Buffalo Bills. Buffalo's favorite minus four and a half. The rubber, the rubber match of these two teams between the uh, for the 2021 season, they split in a regular season with the road team winning both games, giving the Buffalo Bills to win this game by the final score of 22-17. The Philadelphia Eagles taking on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Tampa Bay's favorite minus eight and a half. Uh, give me the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to win this game by the final score of 28 to 20 or excuse me 28 to 17 and the San Francisco 49ers taking on the Dallas Cowboys Dallas Cowboys are favored by field goal at 12 and 5 the 3 seed taking on the 6 seeded 49ers at 10 and 7 Cowboys favored by field goal give me the 49ers to pull off the upset in, in uh, exciting fashion by the final score of 23-20. to 20. The Pittsburgh Steelers are the seventh seed, taking on the two-seeded Kansas City Chiefs. Kansas City's favorite minus 12.5. I expect, I expect this game to be a lot closer than people realize. Give me the Kansas City Chiefs to win this game by the final score of 24-17. And finally, you have the Arizona Cardinals, 11 and 6, taking on the 12 and 5 LA Ram fan. Also, better show up at SoFi this weekend. If if the place is is a sea of red, 
no pun intended, like it was on Sunday, move the team back to St. Louis. And again, put up a shut-up time for Stafford and uh, Aaron Donald. No excuses. Rams a favorite minus four and the Monday night unnecessary playoff game, which I loathe. Give me the Los Angeles Rams to win this game by the final score of 28 to 24. And those are your wild card weekend picks against the spread. Playoffs will be, you know, come and gone before you know it, boys. You know, so best enjoy it. Enjoy it, enjoy it, enjoy it, enjoy it, enjoy it. Savor it, savor the moment, savor the game, savor the touchdowns, savor the jaw-dropping plays, the craziness, the madness of it all, because, you know, a month from now, you know, we're after, we're past the 13th of the month, so a month from now, you know, you, you'll be staring at the ceiling, and although, you know, if, you, if you're a hockey or a basketball fan, you'll have that to keep you occupied, you know, until football season starts up again in the fall. And, and, you know, if you have a baseball team, we'll keep you occupied if we even have a baseball season until the spring. But And March Madness comes around in March. But, you know, you're going to be staring at the ceiling, you know, come February 15th, 16th, 17th, 18th, and 19th, you know, crying itself to sleep, wishing for NFL football, you know. During this time in the calendar year, we should, this should be divisional round weekend, you know. You go back in moments in NFL playoff history, you know, divisional playoff games were happening left and right along along the time of this week, and we haven't even started the first wildcard weekend playoff game yet. Not to beat a dead horse, you know how I feel about the extra playoff, about the extra regular season game. You know I find it to be unnecessary. And you know how I can't stand the Monday Night Football playoff game, how it gives teams a, a tremendous competitive disadvantage. And I hope they get off it uh, after this 2021 NFL season. But your week, or your week, your wild card weekend picks against the spread at another episode of the Amatelica Tellia's podcast in the books. If you're new to the show and you like what you heard, please subscribe. Follow your boy on Twitter, Instagram, at the J Shield. Say a prayer and, and uh, get in contact with Facebook, by the way, to get your boy's uh, Instagram account back. It's your boy Josh Shields. Enjoy Wild Card Weekend. Y'all stay safe. Health is wealth. Get vaccinated. If you haven't already, mask up. Talk to you on Tuesday. Y'all take care. <laughs>